All right, guys. Well, welcome. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it's so awkward when like you're forced to do it like in a certain way. All right, whatever. I know. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to the Demon Podcast, episode eight with Sky and Victor. And before we actually, I guess, dive into the topic, I just kind of wanted to get your take on it, uh, Sky. How you feel about the word? Uh, what you think it represents? And if you personally identify as Latinx. So I probably just heard about this word last year in 2019. Um. I didn't think anything of it at the time. Um, so fast forward to a year when we're doing the podcast and, you know, I'm starting to take social issues or to participate more in social issues. I'm starting to understand or my understanding of it is that um, it's used as a gender neutral term, sort of so that we're not very exclusionary, you know, because in Spanish, when you speak, words tend to have a male or female connotation, you know, mm-hmm. Um but personally, I don't really identify as Latinx. I like the word. I like how it looks. But when we were talking uh, in another conversation, you had introduced me to the word Latine, which ends with an E. And I like that one better just because when you're speaking um, with like your accent, too, or, you know, when you're speaking in Spanish, it, it rolls off easier. And I like it just because it sounds it, it just sounds better to me. But that's what yeah. I feel about. No, for sure. I think a lot of people are on the same boat that you are, where they realize that um, the pronunciation with E is a little bit more fluent, especially for people that already speak Spanish. But um, I, I don't know. I think in terms of like how it sounds, I n- care a little bit less than I guess. Well, I don't know, because I guess like different Latinos have different preferences and like ways that they identify in terms of like how they, uh, I guess, degender certain words in Spanish. Uh, for example, a lot of the Latinos or I guess Latinx people here in the States, primarily in California, they do prefer the X, I guess, modification to the word. And it's inspired by the, um, I believe it's pronouncing now Watal language, which is like part of like the Aztec, was part of the Aztec Empire, if I'm not mistaken. Which I guess had uh, previously inspired other words as well. So just like Chicanx, um, which yeah, again is like a, a different type of, yeah, it's like a different type of, I guess, a denonym for, um, you know, immigrants from Mexican, from Mexico that lived in the United States. And they actually were inspired to, I guess, to uh, introduce that modification uh, by certain indigenous uh, communities in Mexico. They do have a third gendered role. And I'm pretty sure like being Mexican, you see the X. I guess letter used predominantly, especially like in, in words like Oaxaca or like even Mexico, you know, or even right. when you go to Mexico, a lot of like Mexicans, they don't um, consider themselves Mexican. I think it, I forgot exactly why, but a lot of people, a lot of Mexicans that live in Mexico refer to themselves as Mexa. I for, forgot exactly what the why they call themselves Mexa instead of Mexican or like Mexicanos or whatever. But I, I guess like the X um, definitely a lot of people think that it comes from like like an English variant of like, uh, I guess, degendering certain words in Spanish, but it's actually influenced by, you know, an indigenous language of Mexico. So oh, I think cool. that it's like a, yeah, I think it's a common misconception that like, oh, well, Latinx is like, you know, uh, it was created by like English academics or whatever. When I guess like once you start reading into it a little bit more, it was actually created by, you know, advocates or uh, activists in California primarily that, you know, started pushing for these type of modifications first in Chicano and now Latinx. So, um, and I think we were talking about this, um, Back when we on our episode about Trump and how Latin Latinx people, I guess, um, you know, disproport, I guess, like, uh, increase their support for him. Uh, and we were touching on how a lot of Mex, or I guess, like, a lot of like Latinx people are not monoliths, you know, people identify in different ways. And I feel like, um, I feel like that diversity of thought is like really good just because we are one of the more, more diverse groups within ourselves. Um, when compared to like, uh, you know, white people or Asian people or, um, like other like big, uh, pan ethnic groups. So, um, 
I don't know. I think it's going to be like an interesting development in terms of like what people prefer to identify as. Um, just because I think for this particular word, there is also a generational generational component where like young people are way more, um, I guess, adamant about using this a word. Um, whereas like older generations, um, including like millennials and, you know, I think some uh, generation uh, like uh, gener- Z, Generation Z, I think it's called. They also, like you know, um, have issues like using the term and like it's a, it's like a little bit more mixed there. And with all, obviously older generations, they're either completely against the word or like have, you know, issues on on the grounds of like Spanish, on how it affects the Spanish words and the implications for the Spanish language. So, um, yeah, I think it's like really, really interesting to see how the, this is going to develop and where it's going to go. Do you have any friends that person identifies like Latinx or? Friends that identify as Latinx? I don't think I do. No, like mm. I, I don't think we've ever had that conversation either. Um, but I want to go back to something that you just said. Um, it sounds to me like there is pushback, though, like within the Latin community for mm-hmm. the use of the word, though. Right. Um, but what, why is that pushback, though? Well, I guess the arguments can be had on several different grounds, um, just because I think some people use it as a proxy to like attack the new age of like wokeness or whatever, where it's like a they don't just, I guess like they don't really care much about the word more so than like, I guess, um, arguing as a proxy against non-binary gender concepts. I don't think everybody's doing it, obviously. I think some people have legitimate, I guess, oppositions um, on the grounds, as previously said, on like the implications for the Spanish language, but also because some people feel that, I guess, like private companies are using that word when the majority of Latino or like Latinx people or whatever don't necessarily even use that word to identify themselves as. I think it's like one of those things where people are seeing seeing it as it's being forced on them. In a sense, I mean, we never really had a, a say in like what denim or like what type of panethnic term um, is used to identify ourselves as, which kind of gets into the underlying argument, I think, for the for everything in terms of like what we as a group want to self-identify as. Um, so I think it's opening up that conversation where it's like we never really had a say in like, you know, what we as people who have like a common language and certain cultures that are similar, what we decide to call ourselves just because everything however far back you want to trace it uh, to it definitely has either colonial or imperialist um, history i guess and yeah i don't know i think like the pushback there's some arguments that i can kind of see such as the the argument of people being turned away uh from certain politics or from certain politicians or from certain movements that use that word just because uh, it alienates them or or to some extent like uh, makes them feel like they're not part of that latinx group um so that's like one of the uh, real concerns that i have that's like one of the only few that i found that okay this kind of has merit i was just gonna ask like are are you thinking of a specific example as far as um politicians and and is it their constituents not being able to identify with them or what exactly do you mean well there was a pew research um that was conducted a few months ago i believe uh that basically said that hispanics or latinos or latinx however you want to call them they um identify in various different ways and there isn't a predominant, well, Hispanic is still the predominant, I guess, uh, pan-ethnic term that a lot of people use to self-identify. Uh, right. But it also changes depending on who that person is talking to. So if I mean, I'm like if a... I may interject, though. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are talking about, like, for example, like the options that were given, sometimes that is all that we're allowed um, in the census, for example. It's just like it's Hispanic or you can put in other, you know, and I'm, I can't recall right now, but... Um, there, I think my mom was telling me that they're in, in the box marked other, there is nothing that you can insert, you know, as far as like, oh, well, other, as far as Mexican or other, as far as like, you know, um, Puerto Rican, you can, you can actually insert what that other is. You just have to now ascribe yourself to being other, you know? 
Yeah, and this is like where I guess one of the arguments that, that people use against it kind of fall apart because they feel like it's uh, linguistic imperialism or like, I guess I can, I'm sorry, go ahead. What does that mean? What does that mean? So like in uh, imperialistic, like uh, imperialism, like, and I guess in the broadest sense just means like you are trying to interject like an ideology or that you're trying to exert some control over a group of people without like their consent. Oh, or okay. if even if it's without their consent, maybe you're doing it like through persuasive measures such as like propaganda or something like that. So a lot oh, of people okay. think that, that um, I guess like like English speaking academics or like why people are like the ones that are like behind the scenes, you know, trying to change and shift the Spanish language just by um, by, I guess, like using this word. But again, as previously mentioned, um, the origins origins themselves of the word are completely uh, are still being debated, you know, and like practically I don't really care who invented the word because, I mean, if we're going to go by, oh, we're only going to take ideas that are made by our people. Well, we've taken like a whole right. bunch of ideas from like white people as well, you know, and like black people as well. So I think that's, that's just like a, a argument that can turn into like a slippery slope very quickly. That's so it's not a good argument for me personally. Um, I don't think it's a good argument in general, but some people cling on to it. So um, I don't personally think that people using Latinx or like private companies using Latinx is necessarily imperialist um, just because I guess like the way that they're using imperialist is so broad. And I guess it can be a very broad term where like any new word that you invent that is uh, adopted by Spanish can also be labeled as imperialist. You know, it's like, OK, well, we're kind of exporting our culture in a way that can be subversive, that can be argued that it's subversive. So um, I don't know. I think like these arguments are just like really, really weak. And again, if we if you're concerned about imperialism, like why are you concerned about this new word that was recently made up, made up, uh, whereas the entire language of Spanish um, was actually, you know, imposed on groups of people where like the actual panethnic term of Latin was imposed on people without their say. But again, I guess the the argument that we're having here with like Latinx that's kind of exposed to all of us is what do we actually want to self-identify as? You know, do we want to continue this trend of like Latinx or like Latina or Latino Latina? Or do we want to create like a completely new word? Um, it's, it's basically what we kind of have to ask ourselves. And um, also, like, how much do we identify with like other Latinos, you know, just because I feel like like Latinos are not a monolith. We're obviously going to have divergence in thoughts and the way that we perceive the world and how it should be. So, yeah, I think um, it's a very complicated and interesting topic to me. And I think, um, you know, going on in the future, we're probably going to either. Hey, I personally think that Latinx is definitely going to catch on, even though it's like so dumb. It's like. Well, so I, I personally consider it to look cool and I have no issues like with saying X instead of like, you know, just like E or whatever, as far as like Latina goes. Uh, but like it's like private companies are just like latching onto this term. And I think like even some politicians are also starting to use it. So I think it's going to be like either another one of those things that's, um, I guess, so to so uh, say imposed on people just because people are using it without like, you know, like an agreement of like, are we actually going to consider this ourselves as that or are we not? But uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like you're always going to have that issue, especially with Latinos, because if they start like reverting back to Latina or La Latinx or, La or Latina or Latina, you're going to run into those same issues that I guess like Latinx people are, or I guess like people that use Latinx are, are running into, which is um, if you use Latina, which is like gender neutral, you're kind of, um, I guess, diminishing, you know, trans people's uh, gender identity in a way. And if you use Latina or Latino, you're... Um, I guess, diminishing, you know, non-binary people's, I guess, uh, power of identity. So there's always going to be that struggle. That yeah. yeah. So there's always going to be that struggle, which is uh, why I personally think that people should just identify however they want, whatever they want to mm -hmm. call themselves as. And you should always ask, like, hey, do you personally uh, identify as this, this or that? Um, primarily because we also know that Hispanics identify in different ways, depending on who they're talking about, which I think I touched on a while back ago or a few minutes ago. Um, if I'm talking to you and you ask me, like, hey, where are you from? 
I'm more likely to tell you like, hey, I'm Mexican as opposed to like Latino or Latinx or whatever. Right. Definitely. But if I'm talking to like but if I'm talking to like media or something like that, I may identify as Latino or Latinx or Hispanic. Or if I'm talking to like an employer, I may just identify as Hispanic. So I think depending on the context, uh, your identity, the way that you identify um, can also change. Um, so I think that's going to be like an interesting development. Currently, how do you identify? Is it just, you know, regular conversation? You would just say I'm Mexican? Uh, well, like for me, like, honestly, I I think I went through this period where like I didn't identify with anything with like my ethnicity, with my race or anything at all, just because I was of this, I guess, um, type of thought where it's like, oh, well, I'm an individual. I don't really, you know, I, I didn't really pick where I got, I didn't, I didn't really get to pick where I was born, what my culture was, who my parents were. So it's like, why feel proud of anything like that? Or why feel identified? But uh, I guess as I've matured, I've noticed that like, regardless of, of if you want to deny your identity or not, like it's going to have an impact on your life. And then again, for practical purposes where I feel like this this term or something like this can help politically um, in terms of like, you know, collective bargaining or I guess a collective power um, that it kind of does benefit me in a sense and like um like a really roundabout way of thinking of things that it does benefit me like in a sense to like identify as Latinx just because I feel like I'm tackling um, a lot of like tab, not necessarily taboos, but a lot of misconceptions people have about like gender identity about identity itself, about like the the sacredness that they attribute to like things like language and shit like that, uh, where it's like, I feel like it's a um, like an attack on all of that, you know, like on how weak all of it is. So that's why I kind of like the word, why I kind of like identify. It's like kind of like an atheist type of thing, you know, where it's like, I don't personally consider my th- myself atheist, but um, I think I'm more agnostic, but I do have some like very atheist, atheistic tendencies. Or I guess I can be like a little bit uh, anti-religious is because I feel like it exposes like certain more flaws in that system than is than if I was like more lukewarm, you know, where it's like, okay, let's go to like Latina because it like, I guess it um, helps people feel comfortable about like the Spanish language and like their subjective opinions about it. But um, no, for me, like I think this is like a regular or like a similar thing to like um, being like an atheist or something like that, where like you're rebutting so many different things with the word that it kind of just empowers it that much more. And that, I think that's why I'm like leaning right now, like I'm identifying, identifying as Latinx. Although, you know, I'm not opposed to like changing it in the future or um, I guess changing it if like a better option becomes available. Is there anything that you've thought up of, like, you know, that could be like a good substitute? Uh, no. Well, like I've actually thought about this, you know, where it's like, OK, we should just choose a random ass word. I don't know. I think like I don't I don't think there's like a word that I personally thought of, although I do think it'll be cool if somebody came out and be like, OK, well, this word, uh, you know, I'm Latino. I, I made it up and this is why it's good. And if they gave like good arguments for it, then I would maybe. Uh, switch over to that just because I think it would be really cool to kind of do away with the whole um, reference to Latino or like, you know, Latin or whatever. It's, it is pretty far reaching because I know that um, like France, for example, they're not the first. I, I don't think of them as being Latinx, but um, they do have, you know, their language does have Latin roots, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I can yeah. So there's like, like, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of references. Mm hmm. Um, there's like a lot of like um, problematic references that like l- the word Latin and like just like the the phrase or like things that it references that are like uh, pretty contentious. Um, and that's why I think it'll be kind of cool just to like, OK, why don't we do away with all this shit? You know, why don't we just call ourselves like whatever we want? But it's like, OK, how do you get like a body to decide or like a person to decide like what we should what would what, what we as a group um, already knowing that we're very um, diverse in thought and like opinion? Uh, what word can we all come around and like, you know, identify as which I think it'll it'll be impossible, you know? I think in a way it does kind of have to be forced just because everybody's always going to have some type of disagreement, uh, which in a, w- in a way is not like really an argument for like, oh, you know, 
somebody should come out and like should label these people however they want. But I think if there's like a growing consensus consensus within that group of like, hey, maybe we should use this word, um, then I think it definitely has merits and that we should look at. I'm thinking but, something like with corn now that I'm actually just going off into <laughs> ideas. Yeah, something with corn, you know, like los maices or, you know, maíz or something. I don't know. But los like, Chicanos. Because mm, what I am thinking of, too, is like uh, just very recently we were hearing about how, you know, defund the police didn't gain any traction because the message it's, uh, the, the message is, itself was lost in the slogan. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah I know. think that might um, be the same with like Latinx. Uh, but the thing is, like... Um, Defund the police was like very weird because it like specifically asked for something like that was quite obvious to most people, you know, it's like defund the police and like the implications of that are like pretty obvious for most people, you know, but then like one thing that I did, uh, where did I read this? I was reading a book, like literally maybe like within the last two days that basically said that, um, reason is like an oak tree that, um, you might not necessarily see how like strong and like how grand it can be. Uh, because when it first gets started, it's kind of laying out its root. It's like support system, blah, blah, blah. But then like, you know, within a few years, um, it kind of like just sprouts and like becomes like this grand thing because it's it has a really good foundation and i feel like that's the thing with latinx i feel like it's definitely muddied in a way in in the way that people discuss it a lot of people have misconceptions but i think the general foundation that it's built upon where it's like tackling several different i guess like um systems that people have issues with um i think gives it some type of merit uh whereas the the slogan like the actual slogan i guess of um well i don't know because i guess you would have to do like so much explaining for both that i guess i can kind of see because both of them like actually lead to uh i guess like outcomes that some people might like although i don't think that like defunding the police is like the same just because it's like from on on the defunding the police you're going from like okay like we don't actually want to defund the police okay well then why are you saying defund the police you know so it's like and, and then with like latinx it's like we're um it's not necessarily implied that we're not trying to attack Spanish because I think there are some people that are trying to attack Spanish, you know, where it's like, I feel oh. like the message is like a, a little bit more um, overt, but like, I think it has good merits behind it, I guess. But I don't know. I think there are some comparisons, but I don't, I don't think they're analogous, but I have, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I mean, I just meant that like, you know, it's got to be something that we, that we, a, a majority um, mm-hmm. of, I guess, you know, people who identify right now as Latino, Hispanic, um, Spanish, not even Spanish speaking, but you know, it's something that we can rally behind. That's really all I meant. One thing that I, that I was thinking as well is that I don't know why we're, we like the, I guess like the younger generations, especially are so concerned with the, the way that it would affect Spanish, you know, because I feel like the way that a lot of people are using it in the States is in English in a sense, just because I get, again, I feel like we have our own unique culture as well. That's often ignored where it's like, okay, well, a lot of us don't even speak Spanish anymore, you know, but we definitely are so culturally like Latino or Latinx. So it's like, and, and that's not any, and just because you don't speak Spanish doesn't necessarily mean that you're not Latinx or like you're not part of the culture anymore. You still are absolutely part of that because um, the pan-ethnic terms of like Latinx or Latino or Latina or whatever, they cross beyond like race, you know, like it's, a th- it's an ethnicity. You can be white or black and still be Latino or Latinx. And I think it's the same with Spanish, where it's like, okay, you can be a Spanish speaker or an English speaker, and you can still be like Latinx or Latinx or whatever, or I'm sorry, Latino or Latina. I don't think it does. I don't think the arguments, I guess, focusing around like, oh, well, like this is going to do this to Spanish or like, oh my God, like Spanish people are not going to adopt or adopt this, um, this weird sounding word or whatever, where it's like, okay, well, that's cool that they're not going to adopt it. But I feel like a lot of people in the United States are. So, I mean, and we're our own culture as well. You know, it's not necessarily that you're better or have a, a, like a, a greater say in the conversation than us. So... 
Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's another, um, I guess, perspective that doesn't really get taken into consideration too much. Almost kind of sounds to me like you're saying something along the lines of their sensitivity to the word um, is kind of getting them away from the actual message of like, hey, we want this representation. We want we want ourselves to be represented. Yeah, because I, I, like, like, I can completely understand that some people like this is this is another thing that I uh, read about where like people are just generally adverse to change, you know, because, again, it's going to require them to put in energy to, to learn why change is happening. And, you know, most people just prefer to like not have to do all that shit. The world is already as it is, as it's always going to be. And there is no change. That's how most people generally view their singular life because that's all they have to live by. You know, they don't understand that Latino or Latina didn't even exist, you know, before the 90s. And or it did exist, but it wasn't like used to um, denote like groups of people, or that Hispanic was like invented in the seventies or something like that. This, these are like very new concepts still, and like the part of identity, like as we explore ourselves and like we figure out ourselves, like um, like our gender, our uh, where we come from, and stuff like that, and we are able to like I guess outwardly express that. Like I don't see what the issue is, is of like continuously changing, you know, what we choose to call ourselves or how we choose to identify as. This is going to be a continuous process. It's never. I don't think we're ever going to find like a single word that just identifies all of us and that we all agree with. It's going to be like a constant change and again as the world changes as well i mean it's not even just necessarily the introspectiveness that we um do for ourselves but it's also like the external events that we have no control over that are going to have a say in like you know how we identify how our culture shifts how it changes so um i don't know i think the attempt to try to like save language or like certain cultural things it's just like weird to me you know because it's like yeah because it's it's never it's never guaranteed no matter how hard you try you know empires empires have fallen and they will continue to fall and i think like trying to save like a language or something like that or something that's like so cultural and subjectively defined is kind of a losing battle in my eyes at least we'll see it's kind of relevant to um the next topic that we're going to get into which is cultural oh, yeah. appropriation so cultural appropriation defined by wikipedia is the adoption of an element or elements of one culture or identity by members of another culture or identity and this can really be a problem when the more dominant culture um, takes from the disadvantaged minority cultures Um, and the biggest example that we were seeing of mm, like i would say in recent years in recent times was how white women would, I guess, um, wear their hair that was originally seen more predominantly in black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were being praised for things like that. But the the harm to the black culture wasn't that the white women were taking the hairstyle, but it was more so that the white women were being praised for these kinds of hairstyles yeah. while the black women were being sent home from work, you know, yeah. um, and things like that. And that's that's where the controversy starts. That is because it's like, how can you say that this is beautiful um, when someone who looks more similar to you is, is you know, wearing yeah. this, um, making a show of this. But someone from from where this originated from in, the, um, in their culture is deemed as like a savage or something, you know? I guess it's like a similar uh, issue with like um, like the beauty centers, right? Like where it's like a lot of like, I guess things that were considered um, like beautiful, or, like unique to like, I guess like black culture started being displayed like on white people and like they started to receive all the praise for it. Or like, I'm pretty sure they were able to monetize it as well. And like the inequality gap between like um, black people and white people, it just kind of, you know, widens that gap even more. And I, yeah, I can totally see how that's can lead to like negative outcomes in the long run for like that disadvantaged group. So 
You know, one of the things when I was doing research for this, one of the things that my, my first initial thought about this was that like, oh, my God, here we go again. Like, who, what are we, Gen Gen Z millennials? I was like, well, we're being too sensitive. You know, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Are, why do we have to police everything that we say or the things that we wear, et cetera? And then I started reading into it. And I understand now I'm saying this from a position of privilege. You know, I don't understand what it's like to be discriminated other than for being a woman um, and being young, I guess. But once I started, once I started reading the stories behind it, it's like, oh, shit, you know, I don't think I would like I don't think I would like to be discriminated against if I was in that position. You know, so the real takeaway here is just knowing to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yes, you may think that in your life, you know, it's singular and you're not being affected or you're not. No one else is 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 affecting you necessarily. But that's not true. You're getting influence from from all kinds of media and yeah. um, and mediums. And so I think the the thing to do, the, the appropriate response is really understand to check your privilege, you know, understand the origins of where you're getting um, whatever it is that you're getting. Because, you know, we're talking about beauty standards. We're, we're talking about jokes. We're talking about ideas. Um, and then question yourself, question your intention for that. You know, like, are you going to do something um when you take from this culture, for example, you know, if you're taking from another culture, are you doing it to be spiteful, to make fun of this culture? Or are you doing it because you want to enlighten other people, you know, to the things, that, to the knowledge that you gained, you know, um, or to even just recognize the beauty that you've taken from it, you know? And mm-hmm. lastly, it's just to serve that community, you know, um, and if you don't have money, then you don't have to do it, but you can give people credit, you know? Yeah. Um, and pay homage and spread awareness because you know, the biggest issue um, that I heard that was, I guess, kind of like bothersome to me at first was like, oh, well, you know, we brought Esquitas to um, the Twin Cities. Um, this is from a podcast, you know, and so I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, yeah. she's woman saying like, oh, well, my uncle brought Esquitas to the Twin Cities, was one of the first ones to bring Esquitas to the Twin Cities. And even though he didn't make Esquitas, you know, he's the one who popularized them. And then we started seeing this coming up um, in our neighborhoods. So the so what I was hearing was like, oh, well, we were the first and now other people are stealing this. But what I wasn't understanding was that people, I, I'm, I'm going to assume it was like a gentrified community or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she was saying like white people, white counterparts were taking it and, and just making it their own, which there isn't anything inherently bad about that. But it's not giving a nod. There's no nod to like, oh, this is from um, Mexican culture, you know, this yeah. is Mexican street food, you know, enjoy some of this. This is it's just kind of like, well, we're going to make a profit off of this and we're not going to give back in any way. It's just that selfish attitude um, that kind of it's really aware um, in all parts of, of America how um, out for ourselves we really are, you know, rather than than remembering our neighbors in a way. Because I guess like the issue that I have is like to kind of use this in like um, to use YouTube as an example. It's like a lot of the people that are on YouTube that are really successful are predominantly white. But that's because of like socioeconomic factors and material conditions that like they are uh, placed in, you know, at the advent of like the Internet, where a lot of them were either, um, you know, kids to like wealthy or like well off parents that were able to com- like buy them computer uh, uh, video cameras and all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily that like they are the best at like what they do, but it's more like they were better positioned at the advent to like, I guess, uh, be some of the first. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what it's actually called. But basically, it's a concept where, like, if you're the first to get there, it's like you're usually going to benefit from, like, being, you know, the first because there's less content. So more people are naturally going to be gravitated to your content. 
So if you take like a more like a baseline approach where it's like, okay, well, like, why don't let's take like a control group or whatever, like, like an experiment and just give like everybody in the world, like, you know, access to like that type of information. And let's start the internet around the same time. Like, do you think that the demographics of like the top YouTubers would be the same or would they be different? Obviously, they would be a little bit more different, right? I would assume just because there is talent and like there is drive and like ambition in all areas of society. A lot of the things that stop those uh, things from flourishing, though, is just the opportunity. If you're born like in a third fucking world country and like you don't have you don't even have the the potential for a job um, to kind of give you those things. It's like, how are you even going to be able to compete with like these people that have like generations of like wealth that's been building behind them? So I think it's like a very deep um, like issue that a lot of people have. And like it can be a little shallow for some people where like I feel like I felt like that as well, where it's like, OK, well, who gives a shit? And I still in a way, depending on how like, you know, the cultural appropriation is being done. I still kind of feel like, okay, well, I don't give a fuck, you know, culture is always changing, culture is always um, uh, evolving, like, you know, what's wrong with taking things that you like from this culture and, like, making it part of your own, but um, I do see why, like, certain people get mad, where it's, like, um, they see, like, a group of people that it's already, like, so much more advantaged than, like, a certain other group of people, and for, like, that person to, like, go out and travel and, like, have all these experiences and, like, bring it back and, like, monetize off of those experiences when, like, other people are not able to do the same, it it does kind of, like, you know, leave them I don't know, I guess it kind of does leave, a, like, a bitter taste in, in the mouth, where it's like, okay, well, like, fuck, that's kind of shitty, you know? But, like, what are you going to do about it? Um, like, at the end of the day, it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. It's it's really... That's... Yeah, that's, that was a takeaway for me, too, though. Like, you know, is is that I still... I don't... I'm not going to say that I feel apathetic towards this issue, because I am I have a new understanding about it, but I do, sim- I do similar, similarly feel like, oh, okay, well, I mean... It's not a bad thing necessarily. And I think that that's something that we all need to be aware of is mm-hmm. if our automatic reaction to someone, you know, calling something out as being cultural appropriation is uh, get over it or um, like who cares or something. You know, if, if that's our automatic response, then that is a, a big indicator that we may be um, unaware of certain issues. And I think that like the prescription to that is just a question, you know, to ask mm-hmm. questions and, and engage for those people who are willing to even enact change, you know, yeah. um, just to, to be a part of that discussion. Hey, well, why is this upsetting to you? Hey, why do you think this is cultural appropriation? And, you know, may, maybe you obviously, you know, you can gain a new perspective or you can possibly like turn the tide and, and that person will have a different opinion of that. But it's just honestly, it's always just really best when you're curious about something you know and don't just put your presumptions on, on onto someone else's argument yeah for sure uh one thing as well is that i feel like that example that you gave of like monetizing or even the example like the broad example that i gave i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that um i think well i don't know i guess you can you know make arguments of like why that's wrong but i still consider that to be like less harmful than people who just genuinely do it to cause offense like people like on Cinco de Mayo or whatever that dress up with like those huge fucking sombreros and just like act like idiots I think that can kind of be seen as like okay that's kind of like too much or whatever or like when people um what what's another one like when people I guess appropriate like a black uh slang or whatever to try to like make them seem like okay well like I'm just like a black person or whatever I think that can be like problematic as well although there is like a line yeah I think there is like a blur as well though because um a lot of those you know slang words are like popularized in media and people just like generally start using them but I do think there's yeah. some people that uh, take this caricature or caricature. I don't, I don't know how, how to pronounce that word. Caricature. Of like, yeah, caricature. How do you pronounce it? Caricature. Caricature. Caricature of like black people to try to make them seem like, oh, like, you know, dumb or something like that. I think there are people yeah. that do that. And th- I think that's definitely bad. Like, that's a cultural appropriation that, that I just. Yeah, I think there's like definitely a distinction between that and like, you know, people taking like things from like other culture. 
just because I feel like that is naturally going to happen. Um, I love like going on YouTube and like um, watching like, you know, different cultures, like interact with like other cultures. And like some of the videos that I stumbled upon were like black people. They were taking a lot of like they were fusing like their food with like Mexican food. And they were making like a gambo with like fucking tacos or some shit. I don't fucking remember the videos that I was watching. But it's like all over the East Coast as well. It's not even on the on the West Coast. It's just that people are liking, you know, like certain aspects of like Mexican culture, such as their food. Uh, and they're, you know, incorporating that into like their own food, you know. Similarly, um, you know, Mexicans or like Hispanics in general, or, like Latinx people are um, infatuated with like black music, you know, like whether it's, you know, hip hop, rap, jazz, whatever. And they're incorporating that into their own sounds as well. So I think there's always going to be like this cultural exchange between different types of cultures um, that's going to always exist. I guess you just have to be mindful of like how are those interactions being conducted and like um, is it causing like a negative harm to like a group of people or something like that? Do you think that like us being so much more because I think that cultural cultural appropriation has been around for a while, um, like the term itself. Um, But do you feel like now that it's so widespread, people are going to be more incentivized to defend or stand up to cultural to insensitive cultural appropriation or do you think that most people are still gonna like generally stay silent um and not really i guess like speak up and say like hey man that's not right i i think we're we're pretty vocal now so i i don't see I, i'm just hoping that more people won't be the way i was initially about this topic which was like oh, we're too sensitive and and i asked i asked two other people just to get their opinion on it mm-hmm. um and both of them were males um and mm-hmm. they were <laughs> like are you pause it for a while because i'm just like oh god because his response like he, he's a he's a, a weird guy my brother we're all weird but yeah. anyway he was just like no we're we're just we're everyone's just being too sensitive and and i i couldn't really get i didn't want to beat the point into him you know i wasn't yeah. gonna like force my opinion onto him but i i'm just like oh you know and then I, I was able to have an actual discussion with my partner and say like hey you know do you think we're too sensitive and I don't like I was able to share that with him, but I don't know if he got it necessarily the way that like my opinions were changed. Now that there are more um, discussions about this topic and it's it's really publicized. Um, do you do you personally feel incentivized to defend or stand up to insensitive cultural appropriation? OK, I'm just going to make it really simple. Yes, if it's intentional, if I perceive that they're being intentionally um, offensive, I will say something about it. If I think that they're not intentionally doing so, but they are doing something that can be considered uh, culturally uh, appropriative or whatever, then I may talk to them like, you know, not at, at that moment, but I may just take them to the side and be like, hey, I don't know if you're like aware, but this was kind of like fucked up or like, I perceive this this way. I don't know how you feel, but like, but um, yeah, I think like in general, if I do sense that there is like um, an intention behind like the words or the actions and I'll probably say something. Or if it's just like very heinous, like where it's like causing like a um, like psychological harm to like a group of people or something like that, I, I may say something. Yeah, I think I would. Would you? I, I again, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. If they're aware of it, you know, and it seems that they're being um, that they're being insensitive on purpose, then definitely I'll say something. I'm like I've said something. I, I've said things before um, to my family, and I think that it's uncomfortable because they don't really take you seriously. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up because I feel like uh, like things that I've told you about, like that's happened in the workplace as well. When I've complained about like certain people and, you know, I become friends with them again after like shit, you know, the dust settles or whatever, they start using those words again. And I feel like every time that they use it, sometimes I do feel like they're doing it just to annoy me because they know that I've complained about it before, uh, but nothing really got done. So they continue doing it. 
but I don't think they do it because they know they're going to get away with it. I do think that now they were kind of, you know, more on talking terms just because, again, these people are people that I have to see every day. And, you know, I guess going in there, like being mad at them or not, not talking to them doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I do try to educate them, obviously, but there's only so much you can do. Uh, exactly. But I think this has to do something with like uh, like the generation as well, you know, where it's like what well, it has to do with two things like generation, because the people that I'm talking about are like much older than me. So I do think that there's something there where it's like they feel like they're bucking the system or like the, oh, you can't tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. The other, oh, fuck, I was going to talk about two different aspects. That was one of them. And the other was, but I guess like, um, well, I don't know where I was going to, where I was going with that. But I guess like the other, one of the other things that I can see as well is that they can have like this whole like, you know, fuck the liberals type attitude where it's like their whole politics is literally anything that liberals are for, you know? It's not necessarily that they even have like their own policies and their own values of like, of like life. But anybody who has like liberal type or liberal ask policies or whatever, like that's going against that is their politics. I don't know if you've been familiar with like um, this type of like behavior like online, where it's like people make like arguments about like, oh, why are women like so disrespecting in like gaming spaces or whatever? And then you have like a, a mountain of like trolls just like saying like, oh, fuck you, bitch, fuck you, this, this and that. And like saying sexist slurs here and there. And it's like the same thing with like any other demographic that you try to defend. Trans people, I know, like online, they got they they still get like so much fucking hate and hate. And there's been this huge discussion about like why can't we just respect their pronouns and like people are just like fucking nasty. And like um yeah, putting yourself out there and like being vulnerable and like you know letting people uh, I guess like I guess like standing up for what's what's right is always gonna you know be a difficult thing because it's kind of it just go it boils down to like being an ethical person. Like we live in a pretty unethical world where it's like being an ethical person necessarily is gonna cause you to have like so many issues with so many people because a lot of the things that people do. A lot of the times they're unaware of, but sometimes they are aware of, are just generally harmful, you know? And if you're an ethical person, or if you, at least you try to act like you are, yeah, you're obviously going to butt heads with these people because you're always going to be either calling them out or having an issue or like, you know, alienating them because you don't necessarily want to be like a part of their, um, because you personally believe that whatever they value is, you know, contradicted to wherever, whatever you value. So, um, yeah, I don't know how to like combat that. I don't really have like a good. I, I would say that just like continue being open to being empathetic and open to hearing other people's sides, you know, other people's stories. Um, so in conclusion for um, this cultural appropriation, I found this um, article from verywellmind.com and this is a little excerpt from it. And it says, Redskin is a derogatory term for indigenous people and the term Eskimo has been rejected by the Inuit community. Once again, if you aren't sure if something is cultural appropriation, you need look no further than the reaction of the group from whom the cultural element was taken. So that's just our takeaway, folks. Just check your privilege, question the origins, um, and ask yourself the intention, you know, if your intention is solely to be um, ruthlessly making fun of some some culture stop don't do it. Um, and if you're a comedian, take your chances. Maybe the joke will be funny, but Honestly, we um, as a people, as a society in America are evolving to be rightfully sensitive to certain things. And, you know, maybe we'll, that, that will turn around in the future. But as of right now, it's better to have empathy um, than to just continue making jokes that are really inappropriate. And lastly, serve the community from which you borrowed from in some way. Yeah, give people credit. <sighs> okay, so should we go into the current topics now? <laughs> I think so. I, I think these are like really quick talking points. Um, so earlier last week, 15th of December 2020, 
um, it was announced that New Zealand by the BBC um, is virus free. So that meant that they hadn't been reporting any new cases of COVID-19 for up to two uh, for two weeks prior to June 22nd. The nation has just moved to the lowest level in a four tier alert system, uh, meaning that, that they're at a level one. So people around there are no longer wearing masks. Um, social distancing isn't enforced, but they're not accepting any um any visitors or any tourists, anything like that to come into the country. And so Judy Melanisk, who is a forensic pathologist, wrote an opinion piece for MedPage today. And her assertion was that the culture of empathy, communication and cooperation in New Zealand is basically a a big reason for why the island country rehabilitated uh, pretty much the fastest um, during the worldwide pandemic. So, and I feel like those are all attributes that we're lacking here in the States. So it makes total exactly, sense. Exactly. Exactly. And segueing right into um, this piece, which is talking about how Dr. Fauci, I want to say this was like on Monday, um, Monday the 14th, projects that if we all, if, if a majority of Americans get the vaccine, then we should have herd immunity by early summer. Um, which is a good thing because once um, enough people are immune to this COVID disease, um, it really won't have any any room to move. It, it can't really be spread. It'll be stifled. So, you know, one of the arguments that I've been hearing right now is that there is a lot of um, founded mistrust within the Black um, and community. Um, and yeah, there is, you know, they have um, they have scars. They have scars from from things like the Tuskegee experiments, um, mm-hmm. where they, uh, black men were tested um, and, and were going in under the guise of being treated for syphilis. Syphilis? Oh was. my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And then they were actually never even treated for that. Um, and I, I don't remember what the outcome of it was, you know, if they were sterilized, but I, I know that there's also like within the black community um, and Hispanic community too, I think, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. The U.S. government has basically done atrocious things behind our backs without our consent. Um, and it's, you know, we do not. Trust and the they are doing right it right now with the kids that are like locked up in the cages. So, so you know, we have we have a right not to trust our government, you know, and, mm-hmm. and those things are not unfounded. But the thing is, I think that we should really trust science in this yep. moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to disregard, you know, these people's arguments. I'm just going to I'm going to be empathetic and listen. But I do want to because I want to say that um, last episode we talked about, you know, whether or not we would be willing to get vaccinated. And I think we had both um, erred on the side of caution and we were like, no, we would wait a while. But like I want to say later on that night or the next day, I went on my social media on Instagram and I asked that question and I was pretty surprised. I thought that I was going to get a really large amount of people saying, um, you know, no, that they wouldn't take their chances. They would wait on the vaccine. But it was it was kind of close. It was um, obviously people were like, no, I'll wait. Um, but initially they were pretty close. So I want to say that like out of 28 people, 28 to 30 people, 42 percent said that they would take the vaccine so they would gamble. And then I think it's 58 percent said that they would wait. So I think that that's pretty close. I think that that means uh, I don't know if people were playing around or not, but some people are willing to be adventurous and at least, um, you know, take into consideration the well-being of our country. Um, the last thing that I want to say about that is just if we were all if we were to have herd immunity by getting vaccinated, this would really increase the likelihood 
of us getting out of quarantine, quarantine measures and social distancing and reopening the economy. Because right now mm -hmm. we are, you know, not free. Only, yeah, we didn't. And our government's not really helping us. You know, they sent out one stimulus check back in June um, of twelve hundred dollars, which not everybody received. Um, and so, you know, if we're talking about wanting to go back to work and making more money then making your money, you know, earning your livelihood, then get vaccinated when it's available to you really and just and just like the freedom as well it's like a lot of people are like oh i'm not gonna wear this mask he goes against my freedom okay do you not consider it a freedom to be able to like freely travel around the world do you not consider mm. it a freedom to like be able to go to fucking amusement parks or like movie theaters like where are all those freedoms just because you want to be out here being a fucking dumbass about like not wearing a mask it's like now we have to put up with like everything being closed because like the virus is just spreading at an unprecedented rate so that's um yeah something to kind of keep in mind I mean, and and to say one last thing about that, the quarantine that we were in about 100 years ago in 1918, 1919, um, for the Spanish flu was also just the flu, you know, mm -hmm. um, and people took their chances for that. Um, I mean, granted, we also didn't know we didn't have like uh, modern medicine like this back then, but 20 million people died back then. And this was just the flu. So, you know, you have people saying that this is just the flu but understand that these um viruses mutate and so mm -hmm. even if they have just the same name as the flu doesn't mean that they're any less deadly you know yeah. it's a mutation and there's a reason that this is like world that that it's a worldwide quarantine pretty much basically um you know it's got really it's got some implications that are heavy and you don't understand them we don't understand them because we are not medical professionals so just leave that to them. You know, that system is very taxed right now. Yeah. The, you know, so just please do yourselves a favor. Don't look dumb and say that it's just another it's just another flu because it's not. It's not. Yeah. It is, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't. I think one thing that we should also be concerned about is like um, checking like um, misinformation from like our family and friends or like even coworkers. Stop, you know, pretending that this is like political or, or some shit. Like, I don't think the whole world is in on making sure that Trump loses because of the virus, you know? So, yeah, I think like definitely if you hear your friends, family, coworkers, you know, just spreading misinformation, just tell them to shut the fuck up. Like they are actively contributing to like, you know, us continuing in this in this pen or in this lockdown. They're actively contributing to more people getting infected. Like just talking recklessly is going to have a negative impact on some person yes. like you know using like chaos yes. theory like type of thing it's like okay well, like your misinformation about vaccine is going to cause like a like a, a distribution of people that are in your surrounding to like not get that vaccine and they're possibly going to go out and get infected because of you so it's like just be mindful of the the influence that you have over your immediate circle and try to stop any misinformation well folks if you guys have anything that you want to um reach out to us for about any of our topics or any comments, please reach out to us on Twitter. We are Podcast Dime. TikTok, it's Dime Podcast. Instagram, same Dime Podcast. And for the Facebook, it is also Dime Podcast. So, yeah, absolutely, Dime Podcast guys. across all platforms except Twitter. Podcast Dime for mm -hmm. Twitter. If you guys have any topics that you guys would like us to cover or anything in particular you guys would like to just talk about, like definitely let us know. Or if you guys just want to come on and have a chat, if you disagree with any one of us, or if you just want to talk shit, you're always welcomed. Always welcome. <laughs> All right. Until then, we'll see you guys next week. You guys have a safe and fabulous uh, holidays. I was going to say Christmas, but holidays, guys. Holidays. Happy holidays to everybody and stay safe. <laughs>